Welcome to the Sustainability Agenda, a podcast series focusing on the evolving complexities of the sustainability landscape with a view on addressing current issues in a concise format to help you navigate and take action. I'm your host, Dominique Barker. Please join me as we explore today's most pressing matters with special guests that will give you some new perspective and help you make sense of what really matters. What's really exciting, you know, one of the challenges is capital. When we go to low carbon, we even have a we have a larger capital requirement because we're investing in new technologies and different technologies and, and projects. But that biggest challenge is also the biggest opportunity. Today, we welcome Bruce Ander, President and CEO of Markham District Energy, which is a thermal energy utility owned by the City of Markham in Ontario. It provides services to over 13 million square feet of buildings, and Bruce has spent over 35 years in the Ontario energy sector. He's the past chair of the International District Energy Association, the Canadian District Energy Association, as well as APRO, or the Association of Power Producers of Ontario. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing Markham District Energy's recent announcement of a $270 million investment to expand clean energy projects in the city of Markham and why district energy is important to Canada's energy transition. And I'm proud to say that CIBC was involved. We were a lender to Markham uh, District Energy on this transaction. So good afternoon, Bruce, and welcome to the Sustainability Agenda. Thanks, Dominique. Glad to be here. So first, I was saying to Bruce that I used to cover utilities, and I have to admit, I don't know what district energy is. And so let's start with that, because if I don't know, I'm sure a lot of our audience doesn't know. What is it? Well, district energy is the industry of connecting buildings in an urban center, maybe just a few buildings or or hundreds of buildings, to a thermal network. You think of the grids we have, the electricity grid, the, the natural gas grid. This is the third grid, which is the thermal grid. So we produce energy at a central plant or central plants. We produce hot water or chilled water, and that goes through the community in an underground piping system and enters the building. And that provides energy to either heat or cool the building or maybe a data center or a laundry or something that uses thermal energy for industrial purposes. So the buildings that we connect to don't have their own energy production plant. They don't have their own boiler plant on the roof or chiller plant in the basement. They take the energy from our system through a series of pipes that then connects to their building secondary side. So it's a bit of a hidden gem in our urban centers. There's hundreds of district energy systems across Canada. In downtown Toronto, there's one and many other cities and campuses across the country. And there's hundreds of opportunities that are springing up across the country. Okay, great. Thank you for that background. Uh, So Markham District Energy does have ambitious plans for growth over the next decade. What are some of the challenges that you're trying to solve? Well, District Energy is a very capital intensive business. We have to build these plants and we have to build this underground distribution system before our customers are even there. This is why pension funds and long-term investors like this business. It is capital intensive, but once the buildings connect to our system, they will be on our system for many decades. Some of the older systems in Canada are well over 50 years old. We are just over 20 years old. The challenge is raising capital, but it's long patient capital. And once the system is operational, it's a very solid business. We talk about it being an important part of the transition story. Can you just explain why it's considered lower carbon intensity? 
What's interesting is in our urban centers, and we are becoming more urbanized, people are moving to the cities and urban centers are developing all over the country. In Toronto, there's more cranes, I think, in the air than any, any other city in Canada. Interestingly, buildings generate more greenhouse gas emissions than any other part of our economy. So uh, if you're going to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and, and move to net zero, which the country's talking about, which cities are talking about, you have to have a thermal energy strategy. And what's interesting is you know, there are many buildings just outside my window here that are that have been constructed in the last five years. If there was not a district energy system, they would have been built. They would have been good buildings, uh, maybe a, a lead platinum building, whatever. But they would never be net zero because they have their, they'd have their own energy production facility because they've connected to our system, and they're not the building itself is not the producer of the energy. We are calling that whole relationship, they are net zero ready. Because they're connected to our system, over time, we can reduce our greenhouse gas emissions, our carbon profile, and that building will follow along with us towards net zero. How are you developing the heat, the heat itself? Like, where is the heat source coming from? And is that low carbon? When we say low carbon, there's a continuum for what it might have been 30 years ago to where we're going to be 30 years from now. So think of the electricity sector, the same thing. 30 years ago, the electricity that you got to your home and a mixture of coal, oil, and natural gas, over the last 20, 30 years, we've moved off coal. We've moved Mm -hmm. much closer to net zero on the electricity side. We have the same situation on our thermal grid. We are more efficient than the buildings would otherwise be on their own, but we still burn fossil fuels. We are moving off fossil fuels. Part of this financing is helping us get there. Got it. And Europe is 30 years ahead of us in district energy. And they have, they've had the same transition. We're just following them, moving off fossil fuels into renewables, biomass, and geo, you know, ground source energy, and all sorts of technologies to help us lower our carbon. Yeah, that makes sense. We're setting ourselves up for the future. And it's a little like electric vehicles. If you buy an electric vehicle on a grid that's produced using coal electricity, today it's not green, but you have the eventuality that the grid is going to move green. And so here we're setting ourselves up to get off of fossil fuels using other sources of heat. It's a good analogy. If you bought a gas car, you don't have that opportunity. So we are already greener than the building would have otherwise been had they just built it as an energy silo, if you like. But what's really exciting, you know, one of the challenges is capital. When we go to low carbon, we even have a we have a larger capital requirement because we're investing in new technologies and different technologies and, and projects. But that biggest challenge is also the biggest opportunity. You know, when I hear cities or the country talking about getting to net zero by 2050, that's a huge challenge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when I look at my business here in the city of Markham, serving these urban centers in Markham, we can actually get there. It'll require capital, but we can over time move off of fossil fuels and start integrating low carbon technology. So you've just raised 270 million. Mm -hmm. How are those investments going to be used? We were talking to the Canada Infrastructure Bank for the last 18 months. We just closed a very significant financing with them and the CIBC came alongside this Canada Infrastructure Bank. And the Canada Infrastructure Bank is a relatively new entity in Canada, but it's a federally funded platform, if you like, to move along uh, infrastructure investments towards a low-carbon economy. They've seen district energy is the perfect application for their purpose. Not only Markham District Energy's uh, announcement we did last week, but they've also made investments in the downtown system and WAVE. 
Mr. Energy in downtown Toronto and NBC. So I think the, the CIB has almost a billion dollars committed to this sector. So the, the money that we've raised, the financing that we've closed is doing two basic things. Connect every single building that's going to be built in. We have three urban centers in Markham. Eventually, when they're fully built out in 20 or 30 years, there'll be 100 million square feet of buildings. Wow. So our first goal is to connect every single building. So with that, they all be all the buildings become net zero ready. So whatever we do on our platform, yep. they follow along. They follow our our journey to net zero uh, by 2050. That's our, our our target. But in that, we have to invest in moving off of fossil fuels, becoming more efficient. So with with this particular financing, there are several projects that we're doing. One's in construction. One's we're we're hoping to be in construction as early as next year. The, one interesting one is a heat recovery heat pump. So we have a heating system and we have a cooling system. So we've actually integrated those two systems. We're providing cooling all year round to data centers. Those data centers throw off a lot of heat. So as opposed to wasting that heat in, into the atmosphere, we are recovering it through heat pump technology, elevating it and pumping that heat back into the community to heat it. That's an interesting project. That project alone will save almost 5,000 tons of greenhouse gas emissions a year. A larger project is we also have, interestingly, the largest York Region sewer trunk going by one of our plants. It's literally yards away from one of our plant locations, and there's a lot of heat in that sewage flow. These are projects that are being done all over the world and all over North America. We are planning to capture that heat in the sewage flow that goes by, also with heat pump technology elevated to heat our community. When we do this project, it'll be the largest wastewater energy recovery project in Canada. And the Canada Infrastructure Bank was very excited about these low carbon initiatives. They're capital intensive, but the technology is here. So we just need to do it. We find this in sustainability, things that are very capital intensive up front, as long as there's a long life, tend to have a big payoff over time, especially as carbon costs start to be priced into uh, to any modeling that is done on anything. I'm willing to bet that that will happen. And you're right. That's why it's happening here in Canada. Yeah. We are pricing carbon. 15 years ago, we weren't. And that's why Europe was ahead of us, because they did value the carbon value. So... That's helping us get there for sure. Well, you're definitely giving me a better understanding of district energy. Um, I once spoke to a hotel operator who spoke about putting heat pumps, for example, in some hotels or some rooms that are on the same day will be cooling themselves and a room right next door might be heating itself. And that, so if you can manage it from one centralized location, that that could be a really powerful, no pun intended, no pun intended. Well, it's a, it's a micro example of what we're talking about. Yeah, Absolutely. So, Bruce, just in your opinion, how ready are district energy systems in Canada to transition? And maybe you can talk about the opportunity for other city-owned utilities to do this sort of investment. What advice would you give them? Well, if you look at the district energy sector in Canada uh, or in North America, there are city-owned district energy utilities like ours. There's one in Hamilton. There's one in uh, downtown uh, Toronto run, run by uh, Toronto Community Housing. But there's also a lot of investor-owned uh, utilities. So what is interesting is district energy is not a new concept. The oldest system in Canada was uh, created in London, Ontario in 1870. So that's well over 100 years old. There's several uh, systems that are well over 50 years old, and we're, we're just over 20. So we're, we're pretty young in that, in that context. 
at one time, people thought of these district energy systems as old technology. Uh, you know, that, that's what they built 100 years ago or 50 years ago or 30 years ago. Our whole industry is in a real renaissance right now because the lights come on that these systems that are all, you know, some of the legacy systems that are around connect a whole bunch of buildings thermally. So now it's already done. The net zero ready is there. So they are they are ready to move to low carbon. And, uh, you know, our colleagues down in Toronto at N-Wave, they're doing a lot of interesting projects. We are. Other systems in, across Canada and BC are doing interesting projects, again, to lower the carbon, moving away from fossil fuels, increasing efficiency. It's all there. And we don't have to do anything at the buildings because they're already connected. We just have to do it at the production level, if you like. And again, the Canada Infrastructure Bank, I think early on, discovered that this is a real sector. They can help move along by stepping up with some capital. So what advice would you give to those city-owned utilities, I guess, to, to come up with a district heating and cooling and call Canada Infrastructure Bank? <laughs> uh, well, certainly if there's an existing system, uh, call the Canada Infrastructure Bank. But there's there's capital elsewhere as well. There, there are a lot of cities in Ontario uh, that have looked at doing district energy. You know, they, they, they realize that this is an opportunity as they have an urban center developing. And it's a very difficult thing to start because it's so capital intensive up front. But my advice is do it. Because I, and I, I've seen several projects that were attempted and it just got too difficult for the municipality to do, it, to do it on their own. So partner with firms that do it and launch. Our experience is once the system is launched, even if it's small, it will expand naturally. You know, density breeds density. And once you have a system, before you know it, there's another building that's suddenly planned very close by and you can connect it without the same upfront stress of launching. We're seeing a lot of development in British Columbia, for example. They have a culture of sustainability. And I think that culture is driving a lot of systems in cities, in Vancouver and, and adjacent cities and elsewhere in BC. Bruce, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. And I personally learned a lot about district energy. I hope that our listeners appreciated and learned something today too. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I hope that helped. Please join us next time as we tackle some of sustainability's biggest questions, providing different perspectives to help you move forward. I'm your host, Dominique Barker, and this is The Sustainability Agenda. The materials disclosed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and subject to our code of conduct as well as IROC rules. The information and data contained herein has been obtained or derived from sources believed to be reliable without independent verification by CIBC Capital Markets and to the extent that such information and data is based on sources outside CIBC Capital Markets, we do not represent or warrant that any such information or data is accurate, adequate, or complete. Notwithstanding anything to the contrary herein, CIBC World Markets Inc. and or any affiliate thereof shall not assume any responsibility or liability of any nature in connection with any of the contents of this communication. This communication Communication is tailored for a particular audience and accordingly this message is intended for such specific audience only. Any dissemination, redistribution, or other use of this message or the market commentary contained herein by any recipient is unauthorized. This communication should not be construed as a research report. The services, securities, and investments discussed in this report may not be available to nor suitable for all investors. Nothing in this communication constitutes a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any specific investments discussed herein. Speakers on this podcast do not have any actual implied or apparent authority to act on behalf of any issuer mentioned in this podcast. The commentary and opinions expressed 
herein are solely those of the individual speakers, except where the author expressly states them to be the opinions of CIBC World Markets, Inc. The speakers may provide short-term trading views or ideas on issuers, securities, commodities, currencies, or other financial instruments, but investors should not expect continuing analysis, views, or discussion relating to those instruments discussed herein. Any information provided herein is not intended to represent an adequate basis for investors to make an informed investment decision and is subject to change without notice. CIBC Capital Markets is a trademark brand name under which Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, CIBC, its subsidiaries and affiliates provide products and services to our customers around the world. For more information about these legal entities, as well as the products and services offered by CIBC Capital Markets, please visit www.cibccm.com.